0: So welcome back to the More In Common podcast, part two of the Ashwin Chaco conversation. We're super excited to bring this to you. And if you haven't tuned in to part one, don't forget to check that out before you continue forward. And if you like it, share it, leave us a comment, give us some love, and we'll get to this this conversation right now.
1: The whole point of a story is you're communicating something, whether you like it or not. That I mean, that's why we tell stories, right? You're trying to communicate something, and so if at the end of the story you haven't communicated what you were trying to communicate, the story loses its its potential, its 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 power, uh, everything it was designed for, right? So, like, even with any great movie, even though we want want to be entertained at the end of it. The best movies or the movies that we remember are the ones that had a clear message. They had a takeaway in some way or form. And you relate to the character, you relate to, you know, the message, you relate to the deeper ethos of, like, what that story was truly about.
0: Because you mentioned something that I'm massively curious to understand your perspective on around um, sexuality and A fad of it like can you can you expand like do you actually witness people that you know like going towards a a popularity of of bisexuality or or homosexuality i'm fascinated to to understand your lived experience on this
1: not me personally i'm of the older generation i suppose at this stage so a lot of my friends would have a similar ethos as me but i see a lot of it happening in schools and social media like in in movies now there is this like if there isn't a person who is lgbtq abc within a movie it's not put forward for awards it's not put forward for all the all these other categories you know um so there there is this subtle change that has been Continually pushed till now, this is a forefront, and this is now a norm. That's what I've noticed um, over the last five years. You see this happening. You look at every TV show, movie, there'll be at least one that'll turn up. Whereas prior to this, you wouldn't have seen any. And often, it doesn't really help or build the story. It's just added in to ensure that all bases are covered, that they're woke or in key with culture, as it were.
0: What's your take on that? Is that a good thing or a bad thing?
1: I think sexuality is something that is personal. I don't think it's something that needs to be publicly displayed for everybody. What does it matter? What you do in your own free time, in your own free will is yours to do. I don't see why people have to put a flag out to say, this is what I do. I mean, does it benefit anybody? Does it, what does it do? It just creates a larger border between people. That's what I think.
2: A larger border in what way?
1: you are saying I'm different and this is how I am. Or like, you know, like it's similar to me, or, or at least how I perceive it. It's like when vegans came out, you know, like. And the first thing you heard rather than, hey, my name is blah, blah, and I'm a vegan. Now it's, my name is blah, blah, and I am LGBTQ, whatever. You know, so like, I don't know if it's like, this is what you really are, or this is what you really believe, or this is just what you are doing to feel like this is normal. And if I don't do this, it's not normal. This is where I'm like, Does it matter? Does it add to the conversation? Does it change perception on the person? What does it do?
2: So from your perspective, is it, um, like say from a a movie standpoint, does it detract from, does it detract from movies having gay characters or LGBTQ characters in the movies or like, what's your, is it, or, or for them being up for awards or like, what's your, your perspective you said you said it's more of a personal thing but how does the how does it affect the overall your view of it
1: well i think if if it's key to the story then yes 100 if that was always the intention then go for it but don't put it in for the sake of putting it in where it doesn't actually add to the story it's just like okay we've ticked the bases the box has been checked. We have one of this, one of this. There's one black person, one Chinese person, one white man, one Indian guy. Okay, we've covered the categories. There's one straight guy. There's one gay guy. There's one lesbian. You know, that's what it's starting to feel like in a lot of these movies, where it's not necessarily a part of the the storyline. It doesn't add to it. It's just a detail put in there to tick the box so that you are now eligible for say awards or you're not seen as a homophobe or whatever
0: else. Do you think it takes away from the story by having all of that? So like if you're just telling a normal story and you've just got diversity in the cast, regardless, do you think it takes away from the story?
1: If not necessarily. Yeah. So I don't think it, it really depends on, on what's been being told, right? Does it add to it or does it it's just there for the sake of being there.
2: Would you argue... What do you um, mean by does it add to it? Yeah. I have an example, but I, I have a... What do you mean by adding to?
1: So, like, you know, in a lot of stories, there's a, there's a key defining arc, right? The character is going through certain things. He meets a mentor. He has
2: Hero's a journey. problem that
1: needs to be solved. You know, he goes through... That whole process, but this is often these added scenes are just there. They're fillers. They're not adding to the main story. They they don't add the to the hero's journey necessarily. They're just chucked in between to fill gaps, fill spaces. It's like in a comic book. Like I'm a big comic head nerd. uh, So like you know you have the main panels, right? And then the space in between is called the gutter. And the gutter is the stuff that happens in between that nece- isn't necessarily important to the main story, but it does happen in life. So it doesn't drive the story,
0: but it's just there. Do you think then, I would ask, and this is just out of curiosity, that like on that same story arc, on that same if a wife is thrown into the mix that doesn't really materially add to the storyline other than to reflect that this main male character is married to a woman and has two kids. Maybe that adds to the tension, but maybe it doesn't add anything. Would you argue that that adds no value to, to the, the discussion as well?
1: Yeah, like if it's done in the same way the other ones are done, then I'd say yes. It, do- it doesn't really matter then. Like, for instance, if you look at Lord of the Rings, right? You've got the heroes, you've got a key story, there's a key adventure that's happening. We don't go into like Bilbo's love life or Frodo's love life or Sam's love life. It- it's focused on the story being told, right? Those other things would not add to the story. They don't build into it. So it's not told.
0: So I I think I'm getting to a place where I'm understanding where you're coming from. When you watch film or read a story or whatever, do you just generally not like all of that extra stuff? You just like the storyline to almost have its story arc without extra things unless it adds to the climax like you've got bilbo and you've got sam and they're friends and that friendship eventually matters to the story arc um so therefore it's relevant to the story and that's just you just prefer that you know if it were a romantic relationship it wouldn't matter because as long as it like adds to the tension of that climax moment like that's that's what you're looking for when you watch a film.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. Like, I mean, like the whole point of a story is you, you're communicating something, whether you like it or not. That I mean, that's why we tell stories, right? You're trying to communicate something, and so if at the end of the story you haven't communicated what you were trying to communicate, the story loses its its potential, its 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 power, uh, everything it was designed for, right? So, like even with any great movie even though we want want to be entertained at the end of it the best movies or the movies that we remember are the ones that had a clear message they had a takeaway in some way or form and you relate to the character you relate to you know the message you relate to the deeper ethos of like what that story was truly about i mean it's it's something that we as humans fundamentally do, right? We, we tell stories so that we can shape our lives, whether that is, for instance, if we see a, a potential future, we start telling ourselves the story of where we want to see ourselves. People who are trapped in the past tell themselves the story of how great their glory day was. So like, we're constantly in this, this ethos of telling stories, right? And so, this is why it really matters, whether, uh, at least to me, why it matters that a story communicates what it's meant to communicate.
0: So, if it, if it were an interracial gay couple that is portraying the reflection of the struggle of being an interracial gay couple in Western society, especially in uh, I don't know, a southern Christian town and how they got like you're your game for that it's it's the fluff of just throwing characters in because you care about as you put it how well and I, and I say this you know because the way it starts off there's there's a lot of assumptions that can be made like what do you not like gay people do you have a problem with gay people right and so understanding the motives and like I'm calling this out in the moment to understand where you were coming from and what you were portraying. Because I know as even a listener, it's like, oh, this guy. Like, oh, what's this guy trying to say, right? Because I do think at the same time, there is value in it. I get it from an artistic, pure film perspective. And I'm curious to get your thought too, Rodney. There's value in it from a traditional I don't usually see myself at all in any film but at the same time there's also a devalue in it if you're just throwing in a stereotypical character just to fill a role and then all of a sudden I'm seeing myself but that's not really who I am yet that's the only one of me in this entire film right so there can be a detraction Rodney I don't know if you you, you had some thought
2: but uh like ashwin respond to you
1: yeah agreed like i have i have no problem with gay people i love you guys you be you and i'll be me and that's how it's going to be but you know like i'm just talking about like society in general and culture you know we shouldn't be forcing perceptions of like this is how things should be or this is what everybody should be it they talk about like giving everybody equal choice, but then if you say, I don't believe this, suddenly it's like, oh, you're in opposition, but you're not necessarily in opposition. It's just a choice not to do what you want to do, right? So it has, to, it has to be a two-way conversation. You can't say, allow me to do what I want to do, but then you have to believe what I believe as well, because then you're taking the other person's choice away. So, if we're going to talk about choice, if we're going to talk about, like, equality, it's got to be equal on both sides.
2: Which, historically, we people are not good at. I think that's what I was trying to say with the earlier conversation. Like, the the predominant message is usually set out by a certain part of the society. So, it's... um. No, it's a fascinating conversation. And and it kind of gets me to thinking about who gets to like all the different inputs to what's culture, what's normal, what's not, which and then how are those all weighted? And then all that's going to vary on so many different factors. Like, you know, I may not take I personally don't take my idea of culture from from film and media, but then a lot of people do. So it's like, well, what, where is it weighed, wait, weighted, and and all of that? So it's um, no, it's a fascinating conversation.
0: Yeah, and it's it reminds me of um, and I think I pick up the the macro point there. It reminds me of the nexus of Rodney and my friendship, and I've said this to Rodney for a long time. Rodney had a more religious background, so he came into our friendship with a more conservative viewpoint on certain things, and I never once felt as if he was pushing that sort of agenda on me, right? And he was never trying to get me to believe in God or go to church or do all of these things and be anti-gay or be all of these things. We could just have a conversation about it without, without judgment of either each other or other people, Right. Like I think that's where we lose where we lose that common culture, where that friction comes in. And this is where ego plays a huge role, right? It's I don't believe it to be true. So you can't be it. And homosexuality is a great example, right? It's like if I don't agree with homosexuality, then you can't be gay. When I and we've had this conversation. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's like
2: it's a lot of people will even say I don't understand it. Therefore, it can't
0: be. And then then it can't be a thing versus I don't agree with it. Cool. But that just means I even if in my bones, I'm gay and I feel it and I want men and I just fight every instinct of my life because I don't believe in it. That's my choice for me. Whatever that's going to cause, I absolutely becomes danger when I say to you, you can't be it. And I think there there is the to your point, Rodney, who defines the culture, right? And that's the that's the historical challenge. We've always had someone trying to tell someone else what the culture has to be versus finding a, a higher level entity of what culture should be so we can all be ourselves within it without judging of other people. i that's kind of what I've picked up from what you were saying, Ashwin. Would you disagree or argue with me on any of that?
1: No, I I 100% agree. You know, it is about keeping an open mind. It's it's about like, one of the most spiritual things that you can do is is making choices. We all make choices every single day, okay? You choose what toothpaste, you choose how you look, how you dress. I mean, look as in like how you style yourself. You choose how how you interact with people. Every day, everything about humanity is about choices, right? And so the moment you start limiting a person's choices, that's when you start having these, these this tension and this fighting. And then the other thing is Yes, we all have choices, but the other the flip side of it is then taking responsibility for those choices. So you can't just say I want to make all these choices but then not be responsible for the actions I've taken, you know? This is like the fundamental problem we all want to blame somebody else. Yeah, so we need to take responsibility for our choices, right? Because this is this is the fundamental problem that we all have. We want to blame other people for our circumstances, but we have the ability, we have the ability to um, take ourselves out of the situation we're in through the choices we make. So like, for instance, if I grow up poor, I still have the potential of going far. It just comes down to the mindset and the choice I take to move myself from point A to point B. But you have to be motivated and you have to be able to look past your circumstances to the greater potential.
0: Do you think, Ashwin, like at a at an aspirational, like idealistic point of view, that with that being said, that... Circumstances still can significantly limit someone's ability, and that idealistically, we should all at least have the same starting line. In other words, those who define our culture define it such that there's inequality, right? And that's just historical, that's the nature of things. Whereas my argument would be, we, we should be defining our culture that we have economically, you know, they're, they're, those are things that you know, we can parse out. But at the end of the day, we shouldn't be making it harder for other people with racist policies or bigoted behavior or treating people so poorly because of their differences that it does make their circumstance so much harder that even with the most powerful mindset, it just becomes exhausting.
1: Yeah, I'd agree that we shouldn't make it harder with such policies, obviously. And yes, there should be a greater understanding of like, or an equal platform or an understanding of all people are equal from a governance or governance standpoint. But it becomes very hard to then define or who defines where the equal plateau is At this stage, you know, how do you start saying, oh, this is fair for this person, whereas it's not fair for this person, you know, because then it can start flipping the other way around. And now until this point, the white man has been on top, but now it's like everybody else is on top and he's at the bottom. So it shouldn't go to this to the level where that that truly happens. It should be an even playing field if you're going to do it right? So that's how I would think about it.
2: I think the, probably the easiest way to consider all points, I mean, to that last point is like having more people at the table that are making the decisions. Cause it's real hard. It's it's not only real hard, but I think it goes against like some basic human survival mechanism to like, Make a decision that would benefit you, but possibly hurt me. If I don't see you as me, if I don't see you as the same as me, or believing the same as me, or all those things that we've been talking about, like the being open to what's different, which is what's happened when everybody who's at the table is the same. You know, then they they, they can just make rules, and who cares what everybody else thinks? This is common culture.
0: Now, do you really think the white man's on the bottom now? Who,
1: me?
2: Yeah.
0: No. No, okay. no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> let's, let's put I, that I, out there. <laughs> no,
1: no. I don't. I, I'm just saying, like, you're starting to see this trend of, like,
2: like 1A you now, know. one like a, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, uh, I'm just saying, like, this is the way it's trending. And if it continues to trend that way for the next 10, 20 years... You're going to see a similar like flip on the switch. It starts in the same way. Like a lot of these things start from a good place. But then, as time shifts, what felt good back then, suddenly time has changed, people have changed, and they don't know the reason why that policy was put in place originally. Right. And then you get to this stage 20, 30, 40 years later, and the person who set the policy here those people have now gone to a higher level but then the the other people who who were originally on the top are now somewhere else right and so it's it's a question of time
2: well time and governance time and governance i mean it's it's you've got here in the states you know constitutionalists who are like no it was written like that and it should stay like that and then there's people who say well we should take a look at it maybe update it for how we live now in a world that's a little different than 1700s, um, but not everybody, everybody, everybody's ideology on that is different as well. Well, there are some
1: fundamental rules that don't change. You know, like you don't kill people. You know, that's that's something that everybody can agree on. You know, and and, and so you have the. <laughs> You have these certain laws that should be foundational and then everything else comes down to a flex in culture, you know? Because what is culturally acceptable switches from generation to generation? You just think about like short shorts, right? That used to be a big problem uh, for girls in India, especially when we were growing up. No girls would be wearing short shorts, but now they're everywhere and it's culturally acceptable. But before it would be like she's a slut because she's wearing short shorts, you know? So the culture starts shifting and, you know,
0: it's one of those things that we've talked about in corporate diversity and inclusion efforts that, you know, it is that balance culturally and socially to, it almost feels like to raise, we have to pull down. Right. And because we got to get to equity faster. And oftentimes, you know, we don't talk about white people in diversity and inclusion because, you know, that completes the diversity circle. So it is, it's, it's this fine balance because at the end of the day, much of Western, I mean, all of Western society that has grown up in Europe and the United States, Canada, and everywhere else has been anchored on white men colonizing other countries, Right. And like making that shift that is older than time, it feels, is so hard. And there's so much conflict in it, right? There's so much resistance, especially if you're comfortable and used to it. And, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it, it is a fascinating <laughs> conversation around how we look at, define, and, and work towards a more equitable culture.
1: I have to say, like, I don't think we should pull other people down. If anything, they should pull other people up. You know, like, as soon as you start pulling people down, that will start having a detrimental effect on society as a whole. Whereas if you're already at a platform, you pull them up to the platform, not the other way around, because then the bottom line stays the bottom line. Whereas if you start pulling them up, then the bottom line starts rising with the yep. people
2: rising. You know? Right. Exactly. Bottom and the top line can, can grow and can expand. And I think it's, I think that's where, that's where a lot of the work is showing people that the top line can grow and more people can stand there versus being like, Oh, well, it's actually only limited. So only a couple of people can stand here. So the rest of you have to be down there
1: yeah that's again a mentality thing like that, that there's a limit or of the space or of of the resources of everything. you know there is actually infinite amounts, and infinite amounts can be created, but it's this mindset that we have of of you know like I call it the pauper mindset where you always are constantly looking and believing that there isn't enough, you know, versus a mindset of abundance. That there is so much potential, and and you can grow to that stage.
0: So, let's. I mean, first, I want to say thank you for indulging this conversation. Like as you have, I don't think any of us expected uh, to have to go in this direction today, which is which is fantastic, and it's what we're all about. My question I, before we start wrapping up is: as we're talking about culture. One of your big things is having your art influence and, and shape people. Like how do you aim like how do you do that? What like, what is it that you do with your art and what type of what goal uh, are you trying to to accomplish with that?
1: Yeah, for sure. So actually if you look throughout history, art is what Defines the culture. It, it it'll be the crowning go- glory of that culture. If you look at the Renaissance, how is it defined? It's by the art that was left behind. If you look at the the Dark Ages, Baroque, you know, it's the architecture, the art. That these are the the defining principles of the culture. And so, in my day and age as an artist, my call is to then help shape the culture for a better. And so, with everything I do. Every piece of art that I create, my my deeper goal is to bring joy and encouragement to the people around me. So that that's the why that drives me every day.
2: It's a, it's actually the you, you, how do you say it? the crowning accomplishment, and it's actually and it's often the lasting legacy, like we like Baroque, like all these terms that come out of those different eras. That's how we tend to refer back to or, or remember. Many of them. That's interesting. I never really thought about that.
0: Yeah. I mean, you look at, I was, I've been talking, I was talking with my wife about this the other day, just culturally, our relationship with sexuality and sex. You look at the Italians and you look at the sculptures that are around, right? They have a more comfortable association versus the United States, where anything displayed is really. I mean, this is changing now, but it's really very hidden. It's secretive. It's almost shameful in many ways, and you see that dispersed throughout. And you can really see that in the reflection of the art. Like you could tie a cultural's perception of section sexuality based on their art very directly.
1: There's an uh, just because you're talking about that, an interesting thing is uh, in India, where I'm originally from. There is a lot of sexuality in all the the temples and and all the artifacts over the last century or or more, but it's a very taboo topic in India. You cannot talk about sex. It's it's like behind hidden doors that you have a conversation about it, which has detrimental effects on like educating people as well on you know basic acts and and that sort of thing. So it's a weird shift over time and space where it went from one thing to like the complete opposite on the other spectrum
0: now is the art in india like is it in your face or do you have to like take a close look to see where it's portrayed all over the place like
1: well some temples have like it all over. It's like the Kama Sutra, right? Oh um, yeah, yeah, on, yeah. The, on the temples. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. not. It's not vulgar. It's just. Sure. You know,
0: it's. It's. it's, just, I mean, it's, it's not. Dare. It's not yeah. shameful. It's not. Yeah. It's not hidden, which is very interesting, as you mentioned. What about
2: Ireland?
1: Sword? I don't think I've seen anything around. Again, it it has a different foundation. Again, it started pagan, but it has a huge Christian influence over the, the last century or so
0: yeah well ashwin this has been this has been a great conversation i hope i hope you're feeling
2: i'm cool. glad we got to have it i'm glad we got so to I to know to got it
0: through you know um i know it's the, the airwaves right tried to so. stop us
2: great way <laughs> thank to, you no great thank you like of walking the through how you how you just us let us ask you some questions and and get to understand how you think a little bit more and getting into some, some deep topics and heavy topics. It was, uh, it was good. Thank Cause I you. will yeah. say,
0: I will say like your perspective of mute movies and the story and art, like, there's such a subjective component to it. Like purists and people who just really, whereas I'm like, not that at all. So anytime someone can be represented in a movie that maybe hasn't been historically and it's fine, like it doesn't detract from the plot. It just is part of it. I'm like, cool. Right. And, but I'm not, I don't look at it the same way. And I think there's uh just the art itself. So I, I love the nuance and the, in the getting to, to the, have this conversation with you.
2: It, it, it really highlights that it's important. Like the, the initial statement or somebody's view is important, but understanding where they're coming from, like how you watch movies or how you look at art different than how I look at art and how different how Keith looks at art. So but I, but if if we wouldn't have continued on the conversation, would have had no clue how you were looking at it. So, one hundred percent. Yeah,
1: listening. Like for me, th- throughout this whole conversation, I think like this this key principle that I try to live by is love your neighbor as yourself. And if we all applied that across all the concepts we spoke about, you know, like how you treat other people, if we start applying that on a daily life it solves a lot of problems. Talk about equality. You talk about, you know, race, you talk about sexuality, treat people the way you want to be treated. And we're all going to be good. But again, I'm a bit of an idealist. there. So, um,
0: Well, you kind of answered our last question. We had one more.
2: Yeah. I'm going to, I'll ask it just in case you want to, you want to add. But uh, the last question is, what does compassion mean to you? <laughs>
1: putting others before yourself you know it's having grace it's having empathy it's being willing to feel a little uncomfortable to make sure that the other person is um is lifted out of their situation